0: To still buffering a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Was that right? I kind of stumbled over it. I don't even know if it was right or not. No, it was good. And I okay, was right you. in there with my name. You were you remembered your name this time. And the podcast isn't haunted anymore. Yeah, I have my voice back. Uh
1: I'm very excited that you're living out a plot of Dawson's Creek right now. Um, we, what, we had to, what plot is that? We had to record our episode a little early because Riley has got to get to campus. What do you have to do on campus, Riley?
0: You make me say it. I have to withdraw from a class. She doesn't have to. I, should I say. don't have you're, to. You're choosing to. I am choosing to, to preserve. You know what? This is good. I'm glad I'm saying this. I am choosing to, to preserve my future mental health. And that is, that is honestly why I am.
1: <laughs> That's better. I withdrew from a class once in college because I was going to get a B in it. I was afraid. I wasn't sure, but I was afraid it was going to be a B and not an A. And right. it was going to wreck my perfect GPA. That sounds about right. Um, that was not healthy. Yeah. I do not
0: feel proud of this. Well, I am not endorsing it. I'm I just have, admitting that this was the truth. I have a 100 in this class right now. And I really respect the professor. But it's a two and a half hour seminar once a week and we have to read like a book a week and it's a graduate level course and I am a sophomore and I did not realize how hard and upper level this course was before I signed up for it and I don't expect my grade to stay this high so I'm just trying to preserve myself. The future is just of trying to maintain a good grade by withdrawing from the class and taking it again in a few years. (laughs) Did you ever withdraw from a class, Tay?
1: No, I had one class that I never once went to ever uh how does that work well i you know i've never heard that one before (laughs) no but the thing is is it was like this free draw class that uh, i have those nightmares still it was was this free draw class that it didn't affect your gpa um it just like it had an instructor you showed up and you like drew from your imagination it sounded very fun uh but because i knew it didn't affect my gpa Like when I had other work to do, I'd just be like, ah, that sounds really cool, but I don't really think I can make it this week. And then I just realized that I got to the end of the semester, I was like, well, heck, I never went to that class once. (laughs) (laughs) And it it was only after that, that at an art show, I met the professor and he said, oh, oh, I had you in my class, but you never came. And I was like, yeah, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) like, are are you sure you got the right person? I don't think that was me. That wasn't me. I know your name. Oh, I know your name because I said it every week. Oh, uh, you could have played that off though, because they probably said Julia, and you could be like, "Nope, no, nope, I'm, I'm Taylor. Taylor." Yeah, well, that that was a whole other confusion in college, because like teachers that I was comfortable with knew me as Taylor, but teachers that intimidated me knew me as Julia. So I had like two identities that just sort of depended on which one. We should get. clarify. Taylor's given, given first name is Julia. I don't know if we've middle ever actually Taylor. said that on the show. But yeah, that your your middle name is technically Taylor, Which but you, I, have,
0: I, you've I, gone by Taylor your entire life. I Anyone really can, enjoy watching the co- confusion on Twitter whenever you post art and you sign it JTS, and people are always like, "What does the J stand for?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, just Taylor, just Smur- Taylor Smurl. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. This is though. This is a plot of an uh, episode of Dawson's Creek. Does
0: Dawson withdraw from
1: a class? Not Dawson. Joey. It's called The Lost Week. Joey Dawson.
0: Joey is at Worthington.
1: She's taking a course from Professor Wilder, who is so dreamy. Oh my and And it's a very challenging English class. She's an English major. It's very challenging, mm-hmm. like, writing workshop class thing. And she keeps, like, not doing as well as she wants to. And she decides it's just too challenging. She's got too many classes. She's going to drop this class. Mm-hmm. And she spends like the whole episode trying to drop the class because the professors because you have to talk to the professors yes. before you can drop it. Yes. Which, and they have to agree to let you drop oh, it. And so she waits in this big long oh, line. I, she finally uh, gets to him. She tells him and he's like, OK, fine, whatever. So he signs the slip. She takes it to the office to turn it in. And they're like, very funny, Miss Potter. Uh, this says Oscar uh, Wilde because uh, <gasps> he tricked her. he tricked her. And so then <laughs> she goes back and he argues with her and she's like, but I don't want to be in your class because I'm not going to get a great grade and I don't think I'm good enough. And he's like. Write down how you feel about it. And so she writes about all of her feelings. Then she turns it into him and he gives her an A minus. And then she throws Man, the drop slip in the
0: trash. That's not how I feel like this meeting with my political <laughs> science professor is yeah. going to get, um, Meanwhile, Audrey and Dawson all right. are going well, on we're a not, tour. Okay, all right. well, We're not <laughs> talking about Dawson's Creek. Now or ever. Um, oh, Oh, we will. Yeah,
1: we, we will. You can I pick know, that we'll. on your week, Sid.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is not your week. Maybe
1: you'll learn a lesson today, is all I'm saying. Maybe, yeah. maybe you don't want to drop this can class. Can I just say,
0: for those of us that have social anxiety, it is so, it is my worst nightmare to have to go to a professor's office hours and look them in the eyes and say, I'm going to withdraw from this class you are teaching me. And then have to give them an explanation that is good enough for them not to just be like, oh, okay you're that kind of a student this is my worst nightmare i have been dreading this and having nightmares about this for a week i even emailed her ahead of time and i was like can i just like come in really quickly and you sign my paper because this is why i'm withdrawing because it's easier to write an email than say that in person and uh she said you know what you're a great student let's talk about this before you choose to withdraw come meet with me during my office yeah. hours and i was like why do i have to no i don't want to talk gonna, about it she's gonna talk you out of it No, I already, I told my roommate, I was like, she's going to try. She's going to tell me she'll work with me, but I refuse. I am helping future Riley and I am not letting her talk me out of it. And when I come on this podcast next week, I will be in one less class.
1: All right, right, we'll we'll see. see. And if I don't, well, she, Mm -hmm. she talked
0: me out of it because (laughs) I am easily pushed over.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't think Joey Potter regretted keeping Professor Wilder's class. Especially with everything that happens later. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh, well, we're not talking right. about Dawson's Creek this week. It's not Sydney's week. It's Taylor's week. Yeah. We're so gonna, Taylor,
1: we're going to talk about something about? A, a little less dramatic. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to talk about uh, Hey Arnold. A uh, it was a cartoon that started in 1996 on the Nickelodeon network. It had five seasons. Created by. Craig Bartlett, who I, I learned this when I was doing some research, he actually created the Arnold character when he was working on Pee Wee's Playhouse in the late 80s oh, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as like a little claymation. So Arnold started his life as a claymation figure. And then uh, when he had the opportunity to pitch a series to Nickelodeon, he kind of went through a lot of things before like, you know, some of the execs saw the little Hey Arnold character was like, that guy is weird. Let's talk about him some more. And eventually evolved into, <laughs> into Hey Arnold. It's funny because I, I, I read all that, too, and I uh, – Charlie is a big fan of Pee-wee's Playhouse. She is. We have watched all of the series of Pee-wee's Playhouse several times in our house um, in recent years. I know we watched it when we were younger, but, like, in recent years, so it's, it's fresher on my mind. And when I saw that, I started to think, like, well, surely – and then it clicked. The Penny cartoons – Yeah, he was he was part of the Penny cartoons. Uh And then it was like, oh, my gosh, how would I never put it together? Because he the hat between the two sprouts of hair Uh is the same. Uh So the head is very similar. Now, the clothes and stuff are different. But like the Arnold head is the same. And I was like, how have I never connected this? How did I not just know
0: this is Arnold from the Penny cartoons? I never knew that yeah i also didn't realize it started that early because i mean it started four years before i was even born but i remember watching it like a good amount growing up like i remember it being on tv and watching a good amount of hey arnold in my early years of watching How cartoons that possibly i don't like, know if they showed a lot of reruns yeah. i i don't know if it was the movies did they come out later The movies
1: came out later and I don't
0: think, because it wasn't like
1: five consecutive seasons over over five consecutive Mm. years. Like, I don't think it ended till 2004.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Yes. So I think it was kind of like a, a season. I mean, the seasons were pretty long too. And then like a lot of reruns and then another season. Yeah.
0: I probably just saw a lot of reruns um well and the, i guess because
1: the the most recent movie just came out in 2017 yeah mm-hmm. which i remember being in a hotel room and catching that on tv like i was like late night in a hotel room trying to find something to watch i'm like wait what is this what, <laughs> what? <laughs> this is sorry new? <laughs> hey arnold <laughs> what is going on um what makes you what makes you love hey arnold so much tay you know i i was a big fan of a lot of the nick so kind of like choosing this, I, I thought back like what um, stood out to me. I felt like a lot of those cartoons I can't rewatch as an adult. They're, they were funny at the time, but you know it was like gross out humor. It was kind of the same like sort of violence and like hyper ac- like hyperactivity that was sort of trademark of like Nickelodeon cartoons at that time that I loved. Mm -hmm. Didn't really like that was the it was fun for me as a kid. Hey Arnold had a lot of heart to it's rewatching as an adult. I I was really surprised to see how rarely, if ever, they try to like wrap things up in a neat little package. How Mm -hmm. rarely they try to really drive home like a lesson, you know, things don't really work out in that world. And I think Hey Arnold did a lot of I mean, it presented something that I think was a lot more useful to kids as far as like. Developing how you looked at the world, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. I I, I rewatched some of it uh, since we since last week, so that I could yeah. refresh my memory. And uh, that is very true. Which is not common. I even I I feel like I watch a lot of cartoons these days. Is <laughs> not necessarily common on kids shows even today. That idea that like part of the kid experience is that things. Like, you you can only affect so much change in Mm -hmm. your circumstances at any given moment. And so, like, sometimes you do the best you can and things might get a little bit better, but you didn't really fix the thing. And then something else happens. And that was that. And Mm -hmm. you move on, which is very that sounds very anticlimactic. But, like, that's often the case when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Heck, maybe through all life. Yeah. <laughs> um, that our lives don't have the, like, every every story we encounter doesn't have this great arc where there is, like, the conflict and then this great resolution and everything's wonderful until we encounter our next problem. Yeah. It just more kind of keeps on plodding along. Right. Yeah. Like, like uh, I, one of the episodes that I was just rewatching was, the list where Arnold tries to have the perfect Saturday and do uh-huh. everything that a kid's supposed to do on a Saturday. And, uh, and you know, everything goes wrong. Like, he can't really check anything off the list. And, I mean, that's the episode. You know, you'd think, I don't know, to me, it was like you'd think it'd, like, end with, like, him having somehow a better day than ever or whatever. But it kind of just ends with, like, everything goes wrong. He comes home. His, his grandmother is playing a piano on the roof and he's kind of looking down on the street and seeing like like a car crash and like <laughs> other things are going wrong and he's just sort of like well that was the day like it was you know there's not like there's not a bow on it it's just kind of like yes yeah, some days you don't get what you want and that's the lesson <laughs> it's just that yeah. it's very born of the 90s in that sense because i feel like As I was thinking, I was trying to come up with other cartoons that felt that way to me. And I couldn't come up with a lot of animation that made me feel that way. But I felt, I feel like, like my so-called life would be a good, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like a good corollary to that. Like there were a lot of shows like that. um, At that, like that was a very like 90s kind of philosophy. Um, And this idea that even as young people... I don't know. I, I I feel like it was even built out of like the '80s, like with the Breakfast Club and that kind of thing. There's there's a little bit of a nihilism to it, a little bit of a like apathy, a little bit of a there's only so much you can change. Let go mm-hmm. more, accept that things are crappy yeah. sometimes. I don't know. It was a, it's a very '90s thing, and I just I couldn't think of another uh, cartoon that yeah, you know, embodied that. Yeah it did that but it, there was a, there was a sense of i think that like kind of oh well quality i mean there was i feel like there it was ultimately a, a show that had a lot of hope to it yeah but it was kind of at a deeper level of like you know it wasn't saying like everything will turn around it was just more like you'll get through it mm. you have to <laughs> like, which, so it was a very honest like good stuff will happen and bad stuff will happen yeah yeah. And they won't necessarily balance out at any given time, but you're guaranteed that both will continue to happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that helpful? Is that anything? No, absolutely. Well, and there was a lot of, I mean, I was kind of surprised, like, how much, I mean, I think part of it comes with the setting, which this was interesting to me. I always thought it was Brooklyn. I was sure of that uh, mm-hmm. in my memory. It's not. It's a completely made-up city called Hillwood. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's an amalgamation of the creators. Like, the creator grew up between, like, Portland and Seattle, spent some time in Brooklyn, but it's kind of an amalgam of all of those. Um, okay. But they still kind of have, uh, you know, the, like, mixed bag of characters. Like, there are people from lots of different, like, ethnic backgrounds in it that influences the, influenced the stories, uh, which I thought was different than everything we were seeing on TV in the 90s. You know, it was all, like... You know kids in suburbs outside of that, like hey Arnold presented mm-hmm. a very yes. different, very much more real world view of like you know it's not just it, there are lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds, and you have to learn to work with that, yeah, I always think that's cool, especially as somebody like you said who grew up in a more rural area, like the the cartoons that introduce kids to the idea of like there are people who live in totally different. Like places and areas, and like this is what like it's like to grow up in a more urban area. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that was neat for me. Although I guess Sesame Street does that too, and yeah, um, now the Casa Grande's. thats such uh-huh. a great show. <laughs> I, can I sing was its
0: uh, I was thinking about other cartoons that I watched that felt very similar to Hey Arnold to me, and I do remember, and I feel like most of them, I honestly were probably. 90s to early 2000s cartoons that maybe i just ended up seeing reruns of somehow growing up but i remember watching a lot of hey arnold Rocco's modern life ren and stimpy um the the beaver one the two beavers that live together angry Uh, beavers two angry beavers yeah yeah those always felt very different to me watching those and i remember watching all of them and enjoying all of them than like cartoons that started becoming popular as i was getting older like I don't know, fairly odd parents or mm-hmm. um Danny Phantom. Stuff like that that was different in a way that was less I don't wanna say less real, but kind of. It was less about like real world situations and I mean, of course I was gonna say fairly odd parents. Yeah. Of <laughs> course, like Ren and Stimpy are not like real people but I felt (laughs) like it was just always a much more like animals (laughs) yes but I always felt like it was like hey Arnold in the sense that it was a much less like of a fantastical storyline every episode yes more realistic storytelling I guess
1: yeah I think that there was kind of an era where shows didn't feel the need to talk down to kids like Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to tell you a story and yeah, I might use, I might simplify it a little bit because I know I'm making something for a younger audience, but it doesn't have to be kids stuff. And I feel like that that element in the 90s and 90s cartoons specifically is why we, those creators that grew up in my age group, like grew up with those cartoons, then went on to make the cartoons that we have, you know, kind of popular today that sort of are built off of that, like... I can make entertainment for people. It doesn't have to be like dumbed down for kids or, or smart because it's for adults. Like a cartoon can be for anybody and it can be for people across age respect our audience. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it doesn't, it also recognizes that like kids, there are some grand themes that you don't have to water down for kids. The reason that they've stuck around so long The reason that like Helga can sometimes like drop into sort of like a Shakespearean like sonnet (laughs) sort of description of her love for Arnold. The reason that 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 plays with kids is that like these kinds of ideas, these themes are universal. They're touchstones for humans across time and age and whatever. And like it's funny. I was watching it with Charlie. And at first you're, you're not introduced immediately to the secret that Helga loves Arnold. And then when you are, she went. Oh, she loves him, and I said, "Yeah." And she went. So she pretends she hates him. I was like, "Yep." Yeah. And I mean, she's five. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not hard. But it, but I mean, like, it's a, it seems like a complex idea. But like now, nah, kids get it. They get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she's hiding it. Yeah, she mm-hmm. does not want everybody to know. Mm-hmm. She's being cool. Okay. I'm five, I get that. So like yeah. everybody gets it. I don't know, I, it, but it really like it, it understands that there are some feelings and things that kids feel the same that we feel and they might express it differently. But if you, if you show it to them, they'll get it. Mm-hmm. They'll pick it up. And that's even like, I think further exemplified by the episode uh, it Helga on the Couch, I think, um, where Helga goes to, uh, to therapy Um, Mm -hmm. and it's a, it's one of the, there are a couple, most of the episodes in Hey Arnold are 15 minutes and it's like, you get two per per episode. This is one of the ones where they took the whole half hour to do it, uh, which over the course of the show. Um, and in this one, like, you know, it, 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 it really does a lot for a half an hour cartoon. Like, you know, you see the stigma, like her parents are embarrassed that she's been asked to go to therapy because of her behavior at school. Like, you know, it shows how people look at it. Like it shows how her fixation with Arnold started when he like, you know, cause, cause Helga has the older sister who's perfect. And, you know, her parents ignore mm-hmm. her in, in lieu of the older sister and how Arnold was one of the first people that was like, or Arnold showed her like kindness when, uh, when she, after a day of neglect at the hands of her parents. And that's sort of when her fixation with him began. So like what he represents mm-hmm. to her, I don't know. I mean, and it, but it's a it's an episode that treats her her feelings very respectfully and also just shows like I think as a kid to see the representation of a kid who feels like they're not good enough for their parents so they act out in response to that like mm-hmm. that wasn't that was I felt like made for kids that might be feeling that way, and it's mm-hmm. you know to show like hey, your feelings are valid and you could talk to somebody if you want like that's you don't usually get those sort of narratives for the bully character. You know, the bully is a bad right, person. Right. They're a bad guy and they're that's what it is. If you, whatever bad stuff happens to them, that's the punchline of the episode is haha, the bully got what was coming to them. But Helga's the bully, right. but also it's all of this stuff that makes her the way she is, and it's really painful and sad. I think that's really true. Yeah. I think I think Helga I is a that. really well developed character as the series go series goes on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's especially rare considering that the creator was male and so much of it is based on kind of his own memories of his childhood and stuff growing up and even talked about like girls that liked him and girls that didn't like that. They're all represented on the show and you you're, you run the real risk of not ever seeing a fully developed female character if that's the lens through which you're creating it. And that doesn't happen like she is a very well-rounded fully developed character, you know, all onto herself, which is nice to see. It is. It's not just through the lens of Arnold. She exists yeah. in her own right as her own person.
0: I uh I have some popular conspiracy theories oh, about no. that that I want to share. But before we do that, let's check the group message. <laughs> Did you know I was going to say that? I was counting. Yeah, I was looking oh, at you. I was good. counting
1: on that that
0: sibling telepathy mm-hmm. to to kick
1: in. Uh, do you do you two feel like you've just got a never ending to do list? Yes. I definitely relate to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're running from a flight to a meeting. You got to cook dinner. Uh, you've got a lot of places to go. You don't have time to change clothes in between. You need pants that can get you from the office to home to out to dinner to wherever you got to go. Yep. Right. Uh, to go drop a class, perhaps. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> to never to go, go to a class, a class perhaps. <laughs> to never once attend a class. Perhaps you want to sit at home in these pants. They're comfortable enough to do that. Beta Brand has dress pant yoga pants that are super comfy. They're perfectly stretchy. They stay wrinkle-free. So uh, I I have been a fan for a long time. I've worn the, the dress pant yoga pants to work for a long time before we started talking about them on the show. Um, and they really do. It's nice to, as soon as I get home from work, I usually would want to go change clothes before the girls would like attack me and uh with dress pant yoga pants from beta brand it doesn't even matter if i don't have time to change like i can roll around on the floor with the kids and play and move around and i'm still comfortable and i can still like get down on the floor and play with them and stuff and yeah and they come in dozens of colors and patterns and cuts and styles and uh um even premium denim now so all kinds that you can check out so uh tay if our listeners want to check out beta brand pants and other, and other clothing items, what should they do? Well, uh, you can get 20% off your first order if you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 20% off your first order at betabrand.com slash buffering. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering
0: and get that 20% off. Um, I am a small business owner. Hmm. What is your business? It is I small business. sell... Um, homemade, personalized animal sweaters. And I got into this line of work because it is my one true passion. Hmm. This is this is all fake. I, I, uh, I don't know. But I
1: had no idea, it. but go with it.
0: But do you know what gets in the way of keeping me from uh, making all those personalized custom animal sweaters. What gets in your way? All the tedious admin work that goes along with having a small Mm, business. I hate tedious admin work. Me too. And it gets in the way of that job I really love. So I turn to HoneyBook because HoneyBook takes all those tedious tasks off my to-do list so I can keep focusing on why I started my small business in the first place, which is just to dress animals in very cute sweaters. I wish this oh, was a small business now. They're
1: for animals. Oh. Yes, they're oh. for animals your animals to wear. I thought they just had animals That's on That's what them. I thought no, too. No, I
0: love, I love animals in clothes and they are for animals to wear. Um, HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. It's perfect for freelancers, entrepreneurs, small business owners. Maybe you're like me and you just love... Crocheting little sweaters for your for your dogs to wear, uh, and if you want to consolidate services you already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, Mailchimp, HoneyBook does all this for you. So basically, you simplify that to do list, you stay in control, and you keep doing all the work you love to do in your business with HoneyBook. So Tay, if our listeners want to check out HoneyBook, what should they do?
1: Well, right now HoneyBook is offering our listeners fifty percent off your first year with promo code Buffering. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. So go to honeybook.com and use promo code buffering for fifty percent off your first year. That's honeybook.com promo code buffering.
0: Welcome everyone to this edition of Riley's Conspiracy Corner.
1: Oh, yeah, it no. takes something
0: beautiful and pure like hey Arnold and No, I, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna enjoy this one because it goes along with what mm-hmm. we were talking about. And Riley dismembers Nicktoons. No, from there our there youth. are several and this one I think you will enjoy. And it is that Really Hey Arnold is about Helga, and she is the show's protagonist, and she is the most clearly developed character, given the most time to explore her inner self and her development as a character, more so than Arnold. And she is really the protagonist of the show, and everything that happens, happens to further her character, mostly.
1: Ah. I mean I don't I, I haven't watched the whole of course, series the shows in a long called time, hey Arnold but
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well I think the point here is that Helga is the protagonist and she is not just a bully character. No, I agree that she is not
1: just a bully character and I do I do think that um, because the stories are somewhat personal or at least based on personal experiences uh-huh. um, I do think that they are somewhat like Arnold functions as the narrator right. right. Which which makes him not necessarily the the protagonist in any given tale. I mean, sometimes he is. Sometimes it's a tale about Gerald, or it's a tale about Helga, or or one of his neighbors or family members. So
0: yeah, Um, there are others, but I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for you. (laughs) <laughs> say that word. Do, well, if you want to tell seem us really others.
1: excited so i don't know I... this
0: is this is the first cartoon i remember seeing conspiracy theories about when i really? like, like a long time ago like in the early days of youtube when conspiracy theory videos first started popping up this is the first one i ever saw a video about
1: i thought the hideous rugrats one was the
0: first one oh, that one's t- no that was close after <laughs> which i will not discuss i, I will not discuss that um so
1: you can Google it yourself if you're that interested <laughs> out there, but I would advise you not.
0: And I will put a, a disclaimer that the creator of the show did a, actually a Polygon article where they asked him about all of these specific conspiracy theories. And he was like, no, they're all fake. Of course. Like those On are all Hey false. Arnold? Yes. Yeah. OK. Um, but the other biggest one that I remember seeing is that Hey Arnold's real parents are actually and yes, I will only refer to him as Hey Arnold, uh-huh. uh, are actually his grandparents. They are his real parents. Oh, well,
1: that's not that. Go no, <laughs> well, that's definitely wrong. Because there's a whole movie where they they find his parents. That it right precisely. precisely. But
0: <laughs> this was before. This is before the movie. Uh, okay.
1: Well, maybe the movie was made to settle that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do it. So there's go ahead. That. no. Go ahead. Do you, Do you need to address okay. that? Yeah. Go okay. ahead. No, I was gonna I was gonna ask because that was to me. I don't know. Like I the whole it seemed like such a strange change in direction to actually have this big climactic movie where they find Arnold's parents. Because I felt like so much of the show was like, I mean, yeah, some some kids don't, like th- about, like this kind of, we don't have to have like a nice answer to everything. Like Arnold's parents aren't there and maybe we don't have some epic story as to why. That seems very much like what a kid would build up in their head. And then I feel like, the way that the gravity of the show would say, but we don't get answers to such things. They're like, well, but what if we just have a whole movie where they go to Central America? (laughs) And it's it's very like, it's like, well, I kind of just, I loved his grandparents. I thought they were pretty good parents. In fact, they had a whole episode called Parents Day where they like Mm -hmm. show how like his grandparents are, you know, how much they're there for him and how they are his parental. Seemed very yeah. kind of like. Well, why did we do that? I like the. I thought it was sweet as it was. I would. I would agree with you there because I actually think there's a huge amount of value into having um, on kids shows that representation. People oh, who yeah. are not necessarily raised by their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I always think about that because of where we live. And yeah. in in West Virginia, we have an incredibly high rate of children who are being raised largely by another family member. Um, but by someone other than their parents and specifically I often see grandparents. Um, and, uh, I, I think that that's really important to show that like, there are so many things that are a family. I I actually think that that was a really beautiful thing that like, we don't have to know, Yeah, you know, make up whatever you need to in your own head to explain it. But that doesn't need to be the important thing is he has caretakers who love him and who are invested in him and, and provide for him. And that's, that's what a kid needs. Um, Plus, if we're going to bring up the movie, can I say, have you all seen the Dora, the Explorer live action movie? No. I, I just want to point out that the plot is essentially the same. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which came first? Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Okay. So Dora hey Arnold stole Hey Arnold's first. plot. All right. I, I just want to point out that Dora also goes to... Somewhere, I you know, I mean, it's not exactly clear where she's traveling. I think it's it's similar to Hey Arnold, where they make up the names of locations. Um, somewhere with her friends to seek out her parents who are lost, and the friend of her parents that helps guide them along the way. Spoilers turns out to be a bad guy. <gasps> And was just using her to help him find the lost city and the treasure. So and blah, yes, blah, it's blah. essentially the exact same plot. This is the same <laughs> plot. I mean, like from there, there it diverts a little bit. How <laughs> right. often does uh, this happen? <laughs> but right, like, doesn't that seem odd? Like, no one in in my life has ever been like Sydney. Your parents are lost in a in a central or maybe South American. It's not clear country somewhere. <laughs> And we need you to come find them with your friends. Please bring your untrained, unskilled (laughs) friends who have no business being lost in the jungle with you. But bring them along. And then once you get there, uh, surprise, I am not your parents' friend.
0: I'm a bad guy. This has never happened to me. It's not relatable enough. Is that what you're saying? No. No.
1: I'm just saying it's the plot. Which also, by the way, Dora is a great movie. I would highly recommend it. Interesting. Uh, Justin I and I watched it with Charlie and Cooper, and we we enjoyed it. Charlie thought it was a little too intense. It's
0: mm, fair. Um,
1: it it is pretty intense, yeah. but uh, but it's actually a really good movie.
0: The uh, the she's last still
1: Dora is the thing,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Like the, she's still cheering. Pe- like she's in high school, and she's going like. At the end of her first day of school, she's like, we did it. We did it. We went to high school. We went to our first day. Woo. Good job, everybody. We did it. It's great. It's funny. Anyway.
0: <laughs> you know, it took me a long time to realize that her name is Dora because the Spanish word for female explorer is exploradora. Dora. So her name is Dora the Explorer. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not a conspiracy theory. That's just like a, that's just, I love
1: Dora. Clever. And Diego. Anyway, continue with your conspiracy theories about Hey Arnold.
0: <laughs> the last one is kind of sad, and we can we can breeze past it very quickly, but I feel like it's worth mentioning, because I feel like this is a conspiracy theory for every cartoon where there is a central character with lots of friends. And it is that Hey Arnold was bullied a lot for his head shape. So all of his friends are imaginary, and that is why they all also have unusual head shapes. Because he made them all up. But
1: everybody in the world of Hey Arnold has unusual head shapes.
0: He made yes. them all up. <laughs> no, just all happening have... in that football-shaped head. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yep, I don't know about. Also, that. there's the one that he's Stewie Griffin grown up, but I, I don't, don't really know that, how either. that one works. No,
1: no, that's just a popular cartoon head shape. I, I feel. Well, yeah. it also, also the unique outline of each character. Uh, I thought this was cool because it was a. Uh, uh, the creator uh, accredits it to a discussion he had with Matt Groening, creator of The Simpsons, who basically said mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. every one of your characters, and this is a common concept in cartooning, all of your characters should be recognizable by like an outline alone. Um, but I just think mm. like, like, Hey Arnold takes that to like the 10th degree. <laughs> like every single character <laughs> you could recognize just from the cutout.
0: Yeah. I think that's very true. I But that's, I mean. Honestly, just like a head outline. Yeah, and I feel yeah, like I absolutely. could identify the Hey Arnold character.
1: I think that's helpful for kids in general oh, yeah. um, for distinguishing all the characters and then I have to imagine that that's nice for uh, merchandise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking that as we were playing with uh, some little Spongebob
0: toys today yeah. me and Cooper. I was thinking like
1: that, I bet it's nice. They're all different colors and shapes. And, yeah.
0: yeah. Well if you want to go a little deeper then you don't have cartoon characters that are displayed for kids that are like what people quote unquote should look like. Like you don't have any like I don't know, unreachable standards of what you should look like based on these popular characters because none of them look like real people. So they're all just like, they're there for their story, not there because and of what they look like. You're never going to look like Helga. <laughs> and that's true.
1: Like nobody's trying to make their head look like Arnold. Like that's not, nobody's going to attempt that. Yeah. That's not like an unrealistic beauty standard yeah. that you may, you that may Arnold shape. harm yourself in an attempt to yep. achieve. Right. Uh I do like that they have. It's funny because I hadn't remembered this until I was rewatching it. That, like, even though Arnold is like the main character, um, and we've talked a lot about Helga and all the action that she plays in the various stories, um, Gerald's the same way. I was watching the one where they, uh, have to dress as fruit for Helga's play. (laughs) That's the first episode. Is that the first one? Oh, okay. I watched, I watched like the first, I don't know how many. I just left them on and watched them throughout the day. So, but, uh, it's it's funny because they don't want to go, but Arnold would was definitely going to go to that play yeah. because Helga was the director and she would have been very angry if he hadn't showed for the school play where he right. was fruit. Uh, it's Gerald that talks him out of it and uh, mm-hmm. and starts the whole action of the plot. Mm-hmm. Like Gerald's the one who's like, don't pull that cord on the bus. Let's not get off. Let's just keep going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know. I was just thinking like it's, it's fun because we all had that friend <laughs> who like... we were trying to like do like be dutiful and like do the boring thing yeah and then we all have that one friend who's like but what if we
0: didn't what if we just didn't do it
1: what if we didn't and like it makes you feel like i'd be okay just this one just this one i also love i love like the the weird kind of character quirk of there's all of these like the the which we you know there's kid lore people that have the like all the stories that they tell, the ghost stories about the city they live in or the weird characters in their neighborhood, mm-hmm. but that like Gerald is the keeper of the lore. Like whenever yes. it's like, oh, Gerald, you tell the story. Like he's the one that knows all of the, the stories of, of their neighborhood. Just, I like that they have that consistently. Like whenever they have one of those episodes that is kind of based around a weird character in their hood, like Gerald's the one that knows the story. <laughs> he's, yeah.
0: the, uh, he's the leader, really. Maybe he is the protagonist. uh, Hey, Gerald. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. It's not catchy. Maybe.
1: No, I think think that um, if people feel that way about Helga, I would imagine that it was, if you were a young woman watching those shows, that you were desperate for female characters that you could connect to. Yeah. And it's hard to find... Uh, more not as much now but when we were young I feel like it was very difficult to find characters that were nuanced that had sides like it was either the good girl or the bad girl or whatever and like if you weren't just that like I can't relate to that yeah it was nice to have somebody that was multi-dimensional
0: it was hard to find a female character that wasn't just there to be the object of another usually a man's Mm -hmm. like love or crush even in cartoons, which I think is why all those kind of like early early 2000s, late 90s cartoons kind of fell into the same category. Like they didn't have a lot of that same mm-hmm. normative storytelling.
1: They remind me a little bit of uh, um, the Judy Bloom books, um, uh-huh. starting with uh, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. Uh-huh. And then went, went on from there, like with Super Fudge and yeah. then uh, otherwise known as Sheila the Great. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sheila and Helga would get along. Yeah. You know? Like they're cut from the same cloth,
0: uh-huh. maybe Junie B. Yeah, <laughs> throw her in there too. <laughs> I, I
1: I did think it, I thought it was cool. I was I was one of the articles that I found on it was talking about how like people that grew up with it, how they remembered it, and that there were a lot of women that really related to and uh, raised Helga. I don't particularly remember because I was not. Ne- I mean, I was never a. a in any way, uh, outspoken or aggressive, like that's not how I was. So Helga kind of scared me when I watched the show when I was younger. <laughs> but uh, but I thought that like that was I, God, I I could see that how you didn't have like like the a show that attempted to look into the emotional depth of a girl that would have just in any you know to be a young girl and see that as somebody that reminded you of your and then also see her get screen yeah. time, I'm sure was very important and different than what was going on. Right. Well, I mean, especially since, like, if I think about, like, my TV, like, idols, who I wanted to be like when I was young, um, again, it's hard to look to animation because they're just, I mean, not that I didn't watch cartoons, I did, and I loved a lot of them, but, like, I don't know that I drew inspiration from specific characters as to, like, who I want to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, Other than maybe Gadget. Gadget the mouse. (laughs) Gadget definitely was an inspiration. But yes. (laughs) Um, But there weren't a lot. Uh, But I I always think like, well, DJ Tanner. DJ Tanner from Full House is who I I wanted to be. And that was my like inspiration for everything. I wanted her hair. I wanted her clothes. I wanted my room to look like hers. I did all those things. Mm I got a perm. (laughs) I I was taking scrunchies. I got the DJ... I did. I, I, I did everything I could to look like DJ Tanner. And I, I remember that one of the things that was hard for me is that I always felt like DJ Tanner is pretty and nice and smart. And she has the cool boyfriend that she loves. And, like, everything about her was so perfect. And even the moments where they would show her, like, get in trouble or, mm-hmm. like, break the rules in some way, it was never really... Because she was a bad person or wanted anything bad or had any bad habits or anything. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, that drama was around her. Right. And like, that's a hard, that's hard to try to like live up to when yeah. you're a, especially an awkward preteen
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'll never be dj tanner <laughs> that's something we all have to face at one point or another
1: but i can be helga there are parts of me that are helga like, there are that parts is of me that
0: are very helga
1: that uh, yeah and i mean i think that i think that that's very powerful to have like it's okay there are good and bad parts of you and you don't have to define yourself either way mm-hmm. you can encompass it all which is what you know, male characters have been doing... For always. For always, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I do think it's nice. there. You can go back to a large percentage of shows from the late 90s, early 2000s, and find problematic bits. You're like, oh no, this wasn't... This when I was, you know, watching it the first time. I didn't mm-hmm. realize. Harold hey, is not one of those shows. You can watch it, and it's still pretty much like... Really? I To me, it was just like I was watching it. I was like, yeah, this is like... Th- I would see this on tv now Mm -hmm. you don't really there are other good cartoons but i
1: think it was it was attempting to do things way before it's time i mean i remember as a young person watching the episode where mr Wen. it's the christmas episode and he talks about how i mean and he he speaks vietnamese so you can assume he's escaping vietnam or he, he gives his daughter to an american soldier to get her out of vietnam and then he comes to america to try to find his daughter years later and he can't find her and like that is a for a kid show, like that's a, that's a heavy story. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, the whole point is that, you know, Arnold's trying to find his daughter to reunite them. And uh, like I remember as a kid watching that and thinking, like, well, what is this? What is this about? Where would, where in the world would a kid have to be separated from their parents like that? Because I was just too young to really kind of get what they were talking about. Yeah. But, but it, it really does know, like you said though, when we first started talking about it, it, it really respects the fact that. If you think this stuff that maybe adults are tasked to, like, do and cope with isn't affecting the children around you, isn't, like, if, if you think they're not aware of it, then you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. Kids know when this stuff is going on. And so, like, the idea that we're seeing it through, like, a situation that, like that through Arnold's eyes, like, as a kid who finds out about the situation and wants to help, that's happening. There, are, yeah. the, You know, our, our kids the kids all around us not just mine (laughs) are listening and they're watching and they're experiencing sometimes very deeply and personally all these things that adults are going through and talking about and are happening around them and they're having to cope with it with a much more limited set of life experiences and lessons right than us um which is which is when you get into like all the stuff about like urban uh, myths and legends and lore and all that kind of stuff because that's how that's how that forms right right but um well, that, but I, I think that's I think that's very powerful in a kid's show. And that that kind of falls in line with I do. I, we're, we're getting there time wise, but I want to talk about my personal favorite episode, yes. Uh, yes. which is the Pigeon Man. If if anybody listening has not watched any Hey Arnold, if you watch any of it, just watch it's so, you know one of the fifteen minute ones. It's short, and I think it kind of encapsulates everything that I that I connected with about this show because it's it doesn't have a a tight understanding it doesn't it's not trying to teach you anything it's not showing you like a, a lesson really sad but it's really beautiful and it's basically just that arnold uh is, is training pigeons and one of his pigeons gets hurt so he learns that there's this like pigeon man that lives in this old like burnt down building and just takes care of pigeons and that's what he does so he takes his injured pigeon to the pigeon man and like the I believe the pigeon man's name is Vincent. And he, he's kind of, he's like a hermit. Like he's cut himself off from society. He doesn't interact with people anymore. And you don't really get why, but he just kind of says, well, people are cruel. Like I don't deal with people. Mm-hmm. And Arnold gets him to come out and have pizza with him. So you think like maybe it's going to move in a direction where Arnold helps this pigeon man reconnect with people. But while the pigeon man's away from his his house, these kids break in and kind of you know, ruin everything, bust up the place. And so in response to this, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. You know, he says like, you know, because all the pigeons escape. He goes, no, the pigeons will come back because I can trust them. It's the people that I can't. And so then all of his pigeons come back. And like he's been wearing this coat the whole time that has all these little hooks all over it. And all these little hooks like the pigeons latch onto and pull out and they lift him up into the sky. And he says, I'm going to go find somewhere else where I can be with my pigeons. And that's the end of the episode. And it's Aww. it's so sweet and it's so sad. And I remember seeing it when I was little. And like, I don't know. Oh, Teddy, hey. <laughs> it was about <laughs> it. It was really sad, and it was really. sad. And s- it had burbs. That's it a had lot of burbs. You. But you know, just like to to give that to serve that to a kid and kind of say like, yeah, life can be really sad sometimes, and isn't mm-hmm. going to come around a happy ending. Like, I don't know. It's like they were trying to say something that wasn't like a. it's not a lesson it's not a fable it's just here's just how life can be yeah you know it can be sad and it can be beautiful because in that visual of the pigeon man with his pigeons on the skyline it's really beautiful well i think that was a beautiful note to end <laughs> our discussion of hey arnold wow <laughs> so everybody go watch that episode
0: yeah Go watch that episode if you can't watch any others um next week is mine Yes. i'm claiming it and i want to talk about a movie on Netflix called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. The, right. the sequel, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, P.S. I Still Love You, came out on Valentine's Day of this year. So it is very recent. I have watched both. I will probably be touching on some aspects of both, but we'll focus on the first one. So if you have time to watch both, watch both. But if you only want to watch one, watch the first one. It'll make more sense.
1: I will do. I've heard of it. Justin and I have talked about watching it. We just haven't gotten around to it's it. A, so it's we'll do it.
0: It's a cheesy teen rom-com type coming of age story so we will check, check it, it out. out yeah
1: all right well thank you both this has been this has been fun thank you tay for the <laughs> thank you yeah
0: the cartoon watching
1: yeah it was good and it was good I to enjoyed it put something else in the rotation for the for the girl <laughs> not <laughs> just spongebob yeah, not just yeah. not just SpongeBob musical, yeah. and Peppa Pig these days. Yeah. Uh, thank you, listeners. Uh, you can tweet at us at Still Buff. You can email us, email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org Check out maximumfun.org for a lot of wonderful shows that you will enjoy. And thank you to the Novellas for our theme song, "Baby Change
0: Mind This has been your cross generation. <laughs> try that again. <laughs> cross generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am, am too. At least I'm yeah. still buffering. Yeah. <laughs> sure. well, buffer.
1: We're oh, still okay. buffering. the still buffering.
0: We are. Hey,
1: you've reached. Doctor Game Show. Leave your message after the beep.
0: Doctor Game Show is my favorite podcast and the only podcast my parents want me listen to because I'm twelve. But even old people of this show. Basically you call in, play games, and have fun. If you win a game, a baby will send you a magnet in the mail. I have so many magnets and put them all over my locker and pretty much everyone at school is jealous because they are very cool custom magnets and it also means that I'm really good at winning games. And they even let me practice my record live on the air.
1: <coughs>
0: Listening to this show is like going to a real doctor, but pretty much kind of better. Dr. Game Show Rock. Listen to Dr. Game Show on Maximum Fun. New episodes every other Wednesday. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.